Alright, so this episode's actually going to have some structure, so we're just going to do each of these as a segment, and then I'll edit it together with sound clips in between. And four. Alright, welcome everybody to the cookout edition of the Racing Diecast and Photography Podcast. Hopefully that will make sense by the end of the, this episode. Yep. Okay, so first thing we have to talk about is, of course, the cookout Southern 500. That's a really good name, by the way. I, I, as much as I liked it being Bojangles, cookout is an equally as good replacement. Okay, so that so... We went to Darlington in May, and other than three guys going head-on into the inside wall, nothing really happened. You know, it was just long runs. Of course, obviously, guys were slipping, sliding around because, well, it was hot. They don't have a giant-ass spoiler on the back. And, you know, tire wear, of And course. they actually have a reasonable amount of horsepower there now. But, you know, again, that's typical Darlington. Um, kind of expected this this race to be more of the same, and it very much was not. Yeah. Uh, ten of the sixteen playoff drivers had issues, so a lot of guys are in the hole going into Richmond this week. Yeah. Um. Poor Michael McDowell had a chance to capitalize, but yeah. Well. Let's just uh, start from the beginning with McDowell. Yeah, he. Had a carbon copy wreck of uh, Custer and Amarola's wrecks from May. Mm -hmm. That's three Ford Mustangs that have had the front bumper folded up under the front wheels on the inside wall at Darlington this year. So that's kind of a weird trend. And mm -hmm. <laughs> I can't, I mean, what, Jimmy Johnson did it last year? That's like the only non Ford I can think of to have, well, then there was a Rick Ware crash in May, I think. No. Oh. Whatever. The only other car that crashed was Kurt on the front stretch. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, and then you had the Hendrick debacle early on. Bowman got into the outside wall, and then Byron was already sideways when he got there and then just swiped at the left rear quarter panel and tore up both of their cars. Um, we'll come back to Byron in a moment, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so... Bowman's day didn't get any better after that. I think he ended up finishing a lap down in the high 20s or mid 20s. Something like that. Um, so then from there, I think the next thing that happened was Austin Dillon turning Kyle Busch. Yeah. Was... <laughs> now, I was having some TV issues, so I missed part of the race. But I saw that clip on Twitter and I saw Kyle's interview and that was hilarious. Yep. I think... I. Th you know, again, I think the car just stepped out on him um, at first, and then Dylan was there and just finished him off. So, and then he went in the garage and ran over some cones. But apparently, that's like the main entrance to the garage at Darlington that has a scoring loop. So, you know. Uh, so then. What happened after that? Oh, yeah, the Chase Elliott. Well, we're, we're not there yet. Um, Byron blew a right front. He hit that wall a ton. Mm -hmm. That was that was brutal. Uh, then you had, of course, you had the Chase Elliott deal. He missed pit road on under caution. I still don't know how you do that. And 
got had to pit with the lap down car, so that's why he was back there and then got into it with Christopher Bell, cut a tire down, and went into the outside wall. His day was done. Um, I feel like we skipped over some people. Um, well, Truex had the speeding penalty, so it's not like he crashed, but yeah. he still ruined his race with that. Yeah, I can't think of, and like I said, I missed part of the race, but no, there was a whole bunch of guys that I feel like, yeah, there is probably one that's missing, but I can't remember. Um, I was covered McDowell, because I was like, did Almirola, no, Almirola didn't really have any troubles. He just was kind of. Just off. Yeah. Same with Reddick. Yeah. So, oh, and then, yeah, Blaney had the issues with brake fade. Yeah, and boiled the brake fluid. Which, that is that is what killed their day at Nashville. So, Penske is certainly lacking in the, when it comes to the brake department. Yeah. That's, here lately. That was kind of weird, but I mean, I guess it's, from what I was hearing, they're running intermediate brakes on, you know, a track like Nashville and Darlington where you use a good bit of brakes, so... You know, a Kansas-style break just does not work quite that well. But I could be wrong there. So he spun. That brought out a caution. Um, and then he ended up finishing 22nd. So. And then at the end of the race, you had the video game move. Yes. Thought Larson was going to bring back a clean car to Hendrick Motorsports. And then he decided he didn't want to. Nope. All four <laughs> Hendrick cars ended up basically with the same right side damage. All I mean, what? Bowman hit that wall, and then Byron tried to knock it down. Elliot tried to knock it down, and then Kyle Larson just tried to rim ride through three and four. So, yeah, all four of those cars, the right side's completely flattened, right front suspension's killed. It was, that's kind of ironic that it's all four Hendrick cars like that, and there wasn't really any others in that field that were like that. I mean, I'll just say this. If the damage model was turned off, it would have worked. Trust me, I'm an expert. <laughs> and I'll just leave it at that. I I was able to see that part of the race, and I was I really thought that Larson was about to get into Hamlin yeah. and basically pull a Chicagoland 2018. Boop him and send him on his way. Yeah, but and I and there was also a second where I thought maybe Larson could just swing around the outside of Hamlin, but oh well. It's not like Larson hasn't won enough this year, so so, yeah, Denny Hamlin, first win of the season. Um, it was his third win in the Southern 500. He also has three Daytona 500 wins. So he joins Kale Yarborough, Bobby Allison, and Jeff Gordon as the only drivers to win three Southern 500s and three Daytona 500s in their career. Mm-hmm. So, moving on, of course, you also had Xfinity and Truck there. I didn't really watch a whole lot of the truck race. I was occupied, it, so. It was kind of whatever. There really wasn't a whole lot going on with that race. I mean, Creed dominated. Yeah. So. The once cursed um, lift kits for less scheme, once you put playoff markings on it, it's now been dominant. So, yeah. It frankly wouldn't surprise me if come several weeks from now we end up seeing that truck as the championship winning diecast yeah so then you had xfinity on saturday noah gregson fi also finally got back to victory lane for the first time this year that yeah. snapped a 49 race winless streak for him so yeah. i mean he should have won homestead earlier this season but so be it well, hey the one that got away came back yeah so. at a kind of 
you know, same idea of a racetrack where you try to rip the top most of the lap. So Gregson, third career win, Creed, eighth career win, and Denny Hamlin's 45th career cup win. Uh, one thing I also want to talk about real quick is the Arca race at DuCoin on Sunday night. I know you didn't watch that. No, nope, I did not a lot of people did. Um, Landon Lewis picked up his first career ARCA win in his second start from the pole. He led all 100 laps, and he's only 15 years old. What team was he driving for? Uh, he was driving, it was Rhett Jones Racing. Oh, yeah. Um, he's a Ron Hornaday protege <laughs> and really liked his post-race interview. He was a lot more well-spoken than some drivers at that age that we've seen come along. So... I guess that's just a name to look out for in the coming years. Um, 15 cars started that race. Only six of them finished. That's a big F. Yeah. So that's going to do it for the race week recap. Yeah. Unless you have anything else to add. Nope. We covered Darlington, covered ARCA. We had Formula One that at, well... Max Verstappen Grand Prix at Max Verstappen race track, and well, sure enough, Max Verstappen won. Surprise to a whole lot of nobody. So, I mean, it was. I love that track. I love the banking around Zandvoort. It, it's just, it's so cool to see them running around a bank track like that, or at least those bank corners, because you have turn three, where they just the way they rip into that corner and run around the top is really cool. It's almost like a mini version of turns three and four at Darlington with that. They kind of enter low diamond it and come off the bottom or come off the top. And then you have the final corner where that's just a long banked. I mean, I think that's 19 degrees. So that's basically the same as Michigan. So that, that place, you know, even if that's not a great race or great track for passing and for racing itself, that is a really cool track, especially to watch something like qualifying at. So, all right, so that'll do it for this weekend's racing recap. Next, we're going to talk about the driver power rankings who's trending up and who's trending down after Darlington. Got it pulled up right here, the driver power index. Of course, if you're a new listener here, this is a formula that I came up with where you take the driver's average finish at the four track types on the NASCAR schedule and then multiply that by the percentage that those tracks take up on the schedule. You add all of that together, subtract it from 100, and then you have a rating. So, Denny Hamlin, still number one. Larson, still number two. No change there. There really wasn't a whole heck of a lot of change from Darlington. Um, this So this does not separate the playoff guys from everybody else, as you can see looking at it, but those guys are highlighted in yellow in the Excel file. Yep. Um, so the only movement really, well, there's a bunch of flip-flop here. So Kevin Harvick went up to third, Chase Elliott went down to fourth, Martin Trex Jr. went up to sixth, Kyle Busch went down to seventh, Joey Logano went up to 8th, William Byron to ninth, Brad Keselowski to 10th, Alex Bowman to, down to 11th. So that's really the only movement um, in Cup. As far as the numbers go, Hamlin's rating is a 91.2, followed by Larson at a 90.5. So he's still getting closer. 
but just not quite close enough. Within a couple races, I can definitely see that flip-flopping depending on, you know, some close finishes. We'll see how the short tracks go because, of course, we have not ran in a short track since April. And Larson's short track average finish is not very good. 17.3? Yes. Compared to a 2.67 for Hamlin? Yes. So we'll see how that plays out. Larson is leading the way at a 5.3 average finish on the intermediates. He only has two finishes outside the top 10 all year out of 13 races. That's crazy. And most of them being ones and twos and a third and a fourth. Yes. So, and so, yeah, that's basically it for the cup series. Uh, Looking to Xfinity, um, AJ Allmendinger has taken over. Well, he took over after Michigan, the lead from Austin Sendrick. Not a whole lot of change there either. Just more flip-flopping. Harrison Burton went up to seventh. Daniel Hemrick went down to eighth. And then Jeremy Clemens went up to 11th. And Michael Annette went down to 12th. So not a whole lot going on there. Let's go to trucks. John Hunter Nemechek still leads the way, just like he does everything else in that (laughs) series. Um, Ben Rhodes had a terrible truck race. I do know that. I know he was in a lot of incidents. So he dropped to fourth, and Todd Gillen moved up to second, and Austin Hill moved up to third. So that's who's trending up and down in the driver power index. We didn't hand this award out last week for whatever reason. I guess it just got left off the sheet. But this week's big hashtag dig moment of the week is going to go to Ross Chastain for his third place finish on Sunday. Really thought he might pull out the win there for a second. Um, it, he had He was ahead of Larson on the pit strategy, but then the cautions started falling and he was getting beat on those restarts. Um, At one point he did have the fastest car on the track during that last run, but he took one shot at Larson and I guess just used all his stuff up in that one move. Scrubbed the tires, overheated them and then just couldn't get it back going. But it was still, you know, Kyle Larson's arguably been the best of the series this year to so, to see Ross Chastain going wheel-to-wheel to him with, well, Kyle Larson's old car is pretty impressive. Um, one thing I'll add to that, I know that probably shocked a lot of people, and it shocked me at first, but then when I thought about it, Ross finished second at Nashville, where they used this exact same uh, rules package. Yep. So, And that's the closest to the same size track that we've got for Darlington. So, you know, it's still impressive, but it's just, you know, it just shows how that Ganassi brought good pieces to those type of races this year. So hopefully Trackhouse can bring similar stuff to those tracks next year, because I do think that Ross Chastain could win a race, you know, probably next year, if not maybe the year after. So, congrats to Ross Chastain. That is who the third big hashtag dig moment of the week award is going to.
All right, so we recapped this weekend's race. We went over the driver power index. We handed out the big dig moment of the week. I think it's time that we talk about some upcoming photography adventures this weekend. The auto fair is in town at Charlotte Motor Speedway. So if you're in the area, head on and check that out. A lot of cool stuff going to be on display, including the Dodge Charger from Fast and Furious in the Showcase Pavilion. And on Saturday, they're going to have lawnmower racing. Yep, at the fifth mile dirt track. Well, it's paved, but I guess they're going to. It's the it's the the track that's outside of turn three, so I guess they're going to put dirt on that and run ten classes of lawnmower racing around there. Ten classes of lawnmowers is just insane to me, but. Hey man, that's a real sport. I, mean, I don't, don't discount it. I'm not discounting <laughs> it. I just didn't know that they had ten classes of those things. I thought there was like. You know, I've seen the ones that are lowered and widened, and I've seen ones that are kind of stock looking. So I figured, okay, there's probably two or three. And they're just like, all right, we've got 10 classes. And I'm just like, wait, what? How? Okay. So still trying to figure out scheduling for that because I did not know the lawnmower racing were only on Saturday. I thought they were every day of the event. So we'll see what happens there. Also on Saturday, I'm definitely doing this. Uh, the Smart Modified Tour makes their third and final trip to Caraway Speedway, which is an hour north of my house back home. So very excited for that one. Uh, we were there back in July when that series came to town. Um, and this time there's going to be a, well, not really a new player because he's only missed one race, and that's because he was doing SRX. But Bobby Labani is back on the Smart Modified Tour and in fact, he's actually coming off back-to-back wins with them at Dillon and Carteret County this past weekend. Um, he drives a cookout modified, so that's just legendary in and of itself. So we'll see if Bobby Labonte can go three in a row with the Smart Modified Tour on Saturday night. Yeah, let's just hope he doesn't repeat the first time they went to Caraway this season where he decided to eat the pit wall in the final corner. So. Yeah, that's a thing that happened earlier this year. If you haven't seen the video, I think it's on YouTube. It was mm-hmm. kind of wild. Yeah. But those races, they put on really good shows. So, again, if you're in the area, head on and check it out. We'll be there again yep. with our cameras. Yep. So, hopefully some really good photos can come out of that. Here's open. Andrew, what's the last segment of our show? That would be our equivalent of Odd History. Yes. It still does not have a name, but it's basically Odd History. So I went out and found a fact that I thought was interesting, and now I'm going to share it with our listeners because it adds on to a story that everybody should know by now. Um, And I think, I say it adds more to the story, I think it adds more mystery than anything. So L.W. Wright, if you don't know who he is, go look it up. Basically, he scammed his way into the 1982 Winston 500, um, finished next to last after going out on lap 13 with a blown engine. And then they say that he disappeared and has never heard from since. But if you actually look at this guy's motorsports career results on Wikipedia, um, he's listed as a DNQ for the next race at Nashville, which would have been his 
home track, I guess. Yeah, because it was what, Music City Racing? Yes. But nobody really knows where he was actually from. But So his, quote, home track, Nashville Fairgrounds. Um, and he's also listed on the racing reference results for that race in, under the um, withdrew and did not qualify section. And so I, I tried to find qualifying results for that race, but I came up empty. So, like I said, it adds more mystery to it because it's like, well, did he attempt to qualify or did he fill out an entry blank and then withdraw when he, quote, disappeared? Yeah, that's, (laughs) I would tend to lean with the idea that he filled out an entry blank, but never made good on it. But if he's listed as a DNQ, well, who knows? I'm sure... There might, it wouldn't surprise me if there's a newspaper article out there somewhere that lists it, but, you know, I know you haven't been able to find it, and I haven't seen anything. So, like I said, it adds, it does add more to the story, but it just adds to the mystery of L.W. Wright. All right, we've done all our segments. So, that's going to do it on the episode on episode number four of the racing diecast and photography podcast i'm your host charlie or uncc diecast boy or cwh photography nine whatever you want to call me he's my co-host andrew also known as acp diecast and let's have a cookout that'll do it we'll see y'all next week for another episode of cwh's racing diecast and photography podcast